Mark Cuban. How you do anything is how you do everything. If you're not, if you don't pay attention to detail on the little things, you're not going to be in the habit of paying attention to detail for the big things. Ken Griffey Jr. Hey, he wears his hat backwards. Well, I wear my hat backwards because my dad had a fro and I wanted to wear his hat. And if I put his hat on at age six and, you know, he's got a eight and a half and I got like a little five, it's not going to really stay on my head. Jeannie Buss. Thank you for having me. What a nice turnout. It's good to see everybody. John Smoltz. If you don't have the imagination and the willingness to fail or not being afraid to fail, I don't think you can be truly great. Candace Parker. I have had so much hope for this generation coming up that have grown up with women in sports, in leadership roles, on television, speaking about sports, speaking knowledgeably about sports. Pau Gasol. To me, all the work that I've done, all the humanitarian work that I've done has always given me great perspective, has allowed me to keep my feet on the ground and uh, has really put and reminded me what's truly important. Damian Lillard. That was for Seattle. (laughs) (laughs) Just to name a few. Welcome to Sports Business Radio. Now, here's Brian Berger. Well, thanks for joining us on this edition of Sports Business Radio, powered by Molka Sports. Learn more about them at molkasports.com. That's M-A-L-K-A sports.com. We'd really appreciate it if you subscribe to the Sports Business Radio podcast on iTunes. We'd appreciate it even more if you rate our podcast. Love to get ratings and love to get feedback from our listeners, so please do that. Also, Sports Business Radio now offers official, high-quality merchandise, long-sleeve and short-sleeve t-shirts, hooded sweatshirts. Go to parishproject.com, P-A-R-I-S-H project.com to order your product today on our show this week burke nihil he is the president and ceo of the nfl's tennessee titans really one of the model organizations in the nfl Um, and really that's happened over the last five years or so under the ownership of amy adams strunk Um, and burke nihil has a really interesting background like adam silver david stern gary bettman he was general counsel And he now is president and CEO of the Titans. I think you'll learn a lot about the Titans organization, Nashville, uh, NFL revenues, local revenues, things like that coming up in the interview with Burke. I'm joined by executive producer Brian Griggs. Griggs, how are you? Doing good. It's uh, nice to be back for a new fresh show with you. It's been a couple of weeks and it's good to be back in the saddle and talking some sports. And uh, Burke, I love having a president of an NFL team on. I mean, the Titans are fun. You, like you said, they've grown so much in five years, so it's fun to have uh, his insight. Yeah, they, they really have done amazing things on and off the field. The city of Nashville had a really tough 2020 in addition to the pandemic. They had a tornado rip through downtown Nashville. There was a bombing on Christmas Day. So uh, the Titans have really tried to step up and be leaders, not only on the field, but in the community. So I think our audience will enjoy Burke Nihil today. Griggs, also since our last show, Tiger Woods in a horrific car accident in Los Angeles. I've driven on that road in Palos Verdes many, many times. I went to Loyola Marymount University, and when I saw the footage, I was like, wow, I've driven on that road. I know how windy it is. I know how steep the hills are if you roll over like he did. He's so fortunate to be alive. We're lucky that he is still alive. He's going to have a long recovery ahead. It was really touching to see the tributes this past Sunday, whether it was golfers or grounds crew wearing the red shirt 
the black pants in tribute of Tiger. I agree. The tournament was fun to watch. I definitely tuned in on Sunday because I knew a lot were going to be looking like Tiger, and that was really cool to see. And I tell you, man, when I saw that news break, it instantly felt like Kobe again. I'm like, oh, please, don't have another Kobe. So I'm so thankful he's still alive. And uh, like you said, long recovery ahead. But man, that looked like a bad crash. I'm glad he's, he came out of it. Yeah, everything can happen in an instance, as we learned with Kobe. We've learned with Tiger, but you know, lucky for him, he's survived. I'm sure he's going to have uh, the best doctors available and hopefully he'll have the support of family and friends. And, you know, we saw this kind of support he got from the golf world and the world at large over this last weekend. So sending our best wishes to Tiger Woods for uh, a good, healthy recovery. It's going to be a long road back. I don't want to hear anyone talking about, you know, is he going to be back on the golf course or things like that? Just let him be a human being, let him recover. You know, if he comes back and he can be, you know, a healthy dad to play with his kids and to, you know, watch his son, Charlie play golf and his daughter, Sam, and just let him be a human. He's already given us more than enough gifts with his talents and what he's done on the golf course in his life. If he never plays again, you know what? Just let him be a human being for the rest of time. And uh, I think we're, we're lucky to have witnessed a talent like him when we had him on the golf course. hundred percent. And I agree with you. Like, yeah, let him be a dad, let him be human. And uh, maybe this will be that chance. And you know, I think he's always going to be around golf, whether it's with his kids, whether he's being, you know, on the sidelines, whatever it is, golf's his life. And I think we're always going to hear from Tiger, but maybe he doesn't play again. Who cares? He's still going to be around. Like you said, the gifts he's given us in the masters and the tournaments and the wins. Wow. All right. Coming up next, Burt Nihil, the president and CEO of the NFL's Tennessee Titans. You're listening to Sports Business Radio. We'll be right back. Hey, everyone. Sports Business Radio host Brian Berger here. The wait is finally over. Sports Business Radio merchandise has finally arrived. We're working with our friends at the Parish Project to provide you with the opportunity to buy really quality Sports Business Radio merchandise. We've started with long sleeve t-shirts and short sleeve t-shirts. They come in five different colors, each a variety of sizes. I love my shirts. And soon... We're going to have hoodies to offer as well, hooded sweatshirts. I know a lot of you are wearing hooded sweatshirts while you're working from home these days, but whether you're working out, just lounging around the house, or doing whatever you're doing, you can rock Sports Business Radio merchandise. I think you're going to love it. Go to parishproject.com. That's P-A-R-I-S-H project.com, parishproject.com. And you can order your sports business radio merchandise today. We appreciate your support. And uh, send us your best picture. Tweet it to us at SB Radio. Or also you can get us on Instagram at Sports Business Radio. We look forward to seeing you rocking that sports business radio merchandise. My guest is Berg Nihill. He is the president and CEO of the NFL's Tennessee Titans. You can give him a follow on Twitter at Burke Nihill. Burke, thanks for joining us on Sports Business Radio. How are you? Doing great. Thank you for the invitation, Brian. Yeah, really excited. Anytime we get to talk to a president and CEO of a major league sports franchise, it's, it's very interesting. Let's start with your path to your current position. You accepted the president and CEO job May 2020. Um, it's interesting to me, I, I look at a lot of people in your role or even a commissioner role, and they come from the general counsel 
background, that's the path you took as well, right? Yeah, that's correct. I, I think it makes some sense when you think about it, because an attorney for an organization very often ends up getting exposure to every part of the organization. Uh, you need to build the trust uh, with, uh, in the case of a football team, certainly with the president and uh, with the, the general manager and the football staff. Uh, you get to know the finance team, you get to know the ticket team, the marketing team. So um, it's a really unique position. There are a few of them uh, in NFL facilities, uh, finance, HR, others that get exposure to, to other parts of the organization. But um, that's that's how I square the logic on, on the, the, the trend that you've observed, that there are quite a few people that come from the legal world uh, that end up on the business side of the house. Yeah, that is interesting. You're right. You do touch all different aspects of the organization. So you probably have a really good perspective when you get into the seat that you're in now. You went to school in Illinois, right? Yes. So I grew up in Illinois. Yeah. And uh, and went to school in Illinois. And in fact, the, the first time I really left Illinois was to come down to Nashville for this position. So were you a Bears fan growing up? I, I will acknowledge that I was a Bears fan growing up, but all things, all things Chicago sports. Uh, it's, it's hard growing up in Chicago, not to, to be uh, a fan of, of all the great teams out there. I, I grew up during the Super Bowl era uh, of the Chicago Bears, the Super Bowl shuffle with uh, Jim McMahon and Walter Payton. Oh yeah. Uh, I actually, I was uh, my, my second grade talent show. Uh, a bunch of my friends and I lip synced to the Super Bowl shuffle. So uh <laughs> The Bears were deep in my blood uh, uh, without question until the 2016 when, when we moved down here and uh, on a dime shifted my allegiance to the Tennessee Titans. How do you do in that talent show? Yeah, actually, uh, <laughs> interestingly enough, I think there were four or five groups that did the Super Bowl shuffle that year. Oh, it very was, popular. Uh, it, was just, it was just timely. And I don't remember doing any better than anyone else. I played the Willie Galt role. Uh, and he was, uh, and he was a smooth dancer. And, um, so I, I gave it my all, but I, I don't remember winning any sort of a award for, uh, you know, the best performance or anything like that. See, these are the nuggets that we strive for here on sports business radio to get these kind of, uh, backstories. So I, I appreciate you sharing that. All right, let's dig in on the Titans. Um, first let's start with your owner, Amy Adams Strunk. What's her leadership style? Oh, Brian, how much time do we have? Um, I, I, I believe that uh, my colleagues and I work for uh, one of the best owners in professional sports. Uh, she's relatively new to the role. Um, it's, it's been about five or six years since she stepped into the role of controlling owner. But you just have to look at our, our franchise during that time to recognize uh, she is, she's a force. Um, she, I, I, would, I would put it this way. She, uh, she set high expectations for the organization and and then has equipped and inspired this team to to pursue those high expectations and and a, and a bigger vision. Uh, it's I don't think it's any coincidence. Uh, if you look at kind of her full uh, her first full season uh, as controlling owner, um, she she installed John Robinson as general manager. and uh, since that time, we went from literally having the number one pick in the draft. Um, and meaning that we had the, the worst record in the league to now being one of only three teams in the league with a, with consecutive winning records over the last five seasons. Um, and, and so the, the story on the, on the field, which is, is most important to us has, has been a really good one. Um, and maybe I, I would also say too, we had our first home playoff game in 12 years this last year, and there's a sense of a lack of satisfaction of 
five consecutive winning seasons and and having you know had a, a home playoff game, won our division for the first time in a really long time, and and nobody's satisfied with that. Coming off of the worst record in the league uh, to begin her tenure, I think that really says something about the expectations uh, that, that that she's changed here. Uh, and just as just as much goodness has been happening on the business side of the house, so um, she has really invested in uh, our season ticket member experience. We've overhauled our brand. Our digital marketing content is, I, I believe, approaching best of class. Uh, she she just has raised the bar and to to see the progress in this organization over the five years of her leadership um, has, has really just been incredible. This past year has been unlike any other that we've experienced in our lifetime. I would imagine, you know, a lot of the presidents and CEOs that I've had on the show in the last year, they're having to find different ways to communicate with their employees because a lot of people are working remotely and it's just not the same as it's been. What about your management style and how have you managed the Titans organization during COVID? You know, I, I think I'm a, I'm a believer that, that good people that are inspired and on mission are going to do great work. And uh, this year uh, has, has, caused us to really reconsider um, how do you support uh, this this group of, of great people to help them continue to feel inspired and connected and um, to, to be uh, understanding um, clearly, you know, where, what our mission is this year uh, uh, with, you know, the world being completely on its head. And, uh, you know, when I think about it, uh, COVID was like, ripping the 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 ripcord you know it was just there was such a sudden shift and clearly uh we were having to look ahead as a business to whether or not we'd have fans in the stands and what that would mean from a operational perspective and a revenue perspective and and there, there were so many variables where we had to pivot on a dime from a strategic perspective but uh really i think the, the most important thing for us to do immediately was to take care of our people um it, you know you don't think about this necessarily but uh a big chunk of our workforce are are in their twenties. They're they're just getting their feet underneath them as professionals. You know, maybe living in a studio apartment, and and very suddenly their community. Uh, they may maybe moved here for, to to Nashville for this job. Their community is 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 gone, and uh, we we spent a lot of time trying to be sure that we were communicating well, that we were figuring out new ways to collaborate. Um, what I think is interesting, Brian, is with our organization. Uh, we, we were already on this journey to do better at communicating and collaborating coming into two, 2020. And um, if anything, I, I feel like I, the, the necessary attention to be sure that the team was 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 feeling good about their work and, and feeling good about their lives uh, to the extent we could help that, um, it, it really accelerated our, our journey to being better at communication and collaboration across our organization. Um, I think like a lot of organizations, we didn't really know what Teams was. We didn't know what Zoom was, and and very suddenly we had to shift to uh, using those tools to to communicate and collaborate. But what happened was we found more opportunities to use those tools and talk to each other more. And we, we didn't do town halls as regularly as we do town halls. Uh, we've started uh, these these cross functional uh, chats where people from different departments maybe just spend 15 minutes together on a quick Teams call um, and and talk about the the latest movie that they saw. But it's a way to to, to stay connected uh, in this remote environment, but you're also getting to know your teammates. Uh, so it's 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 been a challenge to uh, to support our people and to make sure that they're they're feeling good about about their work. But uh, it's the sort of thing that I, I believe will actually pay dividends long beyond this pandemic. 
I've asked this question to many people I've had on the show in the last year. Um, again, new normal with the pandemic. The disposable dollar is less than it was a year ago with a lot of people who have lost jobs. Franchises are having to come up with the most creative value propositions they've ever had. How are you having those conversations? What are you doing with your organization to offer the greatest value you've ever offered before and to address kind of what that new normal is going to look like for fans when they attend Titans games? I, I think we're already doing that. We were already trying to find ways to make it a more meaningful experience to be a season ticket member. We were already trying to find ways to to make it a more valuable partnership to to be a, a Titan sponsor. And this year required us to to you know it's an overused word in 2020, but to pivot and to um, to to lean into things. Just take take on premise activities, whether they're off season or, or game days, just take them off the table. And we had to, we had to find new, better ways to connect with our season ticket members and, and make it uh, worthwhile and meaningful to be a season ticket member or to provide value for our sponsors, despite, despite not being able to, to, to do things live. And so I, my, again, I think that's another one of those, those areas that uh, the creativity, the agility, the flexibility we had to show as a business in 2020 will carry forward to 2021 and beyond. What about new protocols when people come to Titans games? You know, again, I'm talking to people who are saying things are going to be much more voice activated and, and you know, cashless and touchless and, and things of that nature. Obviously, there may be some temperature taking and things like that when people come to the venue. What are you doing in those regards? Well, so we were one of the fortunate venues that in 2020 actually was able to welcome fans back. We uh, for seven out of our eight uh, regular season games and for our home playoff game, we welcomed anywhere from eight to 14,000 fans into our building. So uh, the, the efforts to de- determine what that would look like started what, probably April of 2020 and was a cross-functional collaboration across our stadium operations team, our ticketing team, our security team, just every, every team uh, in, our, in our organization trying to determine as we're learning about COVID on the fly, um, what we could do as a business to provide a safe experience for our fans and yet still a, an enjoyable experience collaborated with the city and, and the health department, the police department and others. And uh, at the end of the day, Brian, I, I think it was an unequivocal success. Uh, we, we scored very highly with our fans in terms of the, uh, their, their enjoyment of the game and the experience uh, the, the, the results net out, there's, there's lots of data that shows that there, there wasn't any sort of, uh, known outbreak or, or surge that came from any of the activities at our game. And it provided an outlet. Um, there, certainly there were people that, that did not want to come to, to a game in the same way that they wouldn't want to go to a restaurant or limit their, their activity going to a grocery store. But for those who wanted to come to be able to provide a safe experience for them, that provided some authentic energy in the building and this community connection, which I think has been missing uh, during the pandemic was, was really a special experience. So we've got those learnings that we'll carry uh, into 2021. And just like we had to be in 2020, we'll, we'll be flexible and agile as, as the pandemic uh, evolves, as the, the medical response to the pandemic evolves. And, and we'll be ready in 2021 for anything from status quo uh, to, you know, let's dream big, uh, full capacity if, if the, the vaccines take hold and, and uh, the, the medical community believes that that's a, a safe approach to having a game. 
you mentioned community. The pandemic was bad enough, but also in 2020, Nashville experienced devastating tornadoes back in March. There was an explosion in downtown on Christmas Day that greatly impacted the city. I know the Titans Foundation donated a million dollars to the tornado relief and then also during the pandemic and the explosion relief funds. It's been a crazy year in Nashville, but I know the Titans have been at the heart of the giving in your community. Yeah, Nashville, Nashville really uh, had had quite a year in 2020, but uh, this community is resilient. Um, I, I I didn't live here back in 2010, but uh, the flood, uh, as you get to to know people who were here during that time, I don't feel like the national coverage really did it justice. I mean, the flood was absolutely devastating, but this community uh, rallied and, and helped their neighbors and ultimately rebuilt. And so there's a little bit of muscle memory in in Nashville in terms of uh, reacting to, to tragedy. And, uh, we, it's interesting. We've been on this 18 month journey as an organization, taking a slow, deliberate process to, to redefine our mission and values as an organization. And, and when we talk about our mission, uh, a couple things rise to the top quickly. Clearly we want, we want to be a winning franchise, uh, and, and we'll support, uh, you know, the football team in any way that we can to help that happen. But uh, when we were asking questions of our staff about, you know, what makes us different than a, a manufacturing facility or a bank or a law firm in terms of a business and its mission, uh, it, it really became obvious that the reason why people are so inspired to work here is because as a professional sports team, especially in a town like Nashville, it's not New York, it's not Chicago in terms of the, the scale of population. Um, it's it's we can do more good. Uh, we, we have. Um, the opportunity, and, and I think our, our, our team is starting to recognize we have the responsibility to, to use our platform and to use our leverage to serve this community, to be leaders in, in inspiring this community to, to do good and to, to, um, to, to just make Nashville a great place to live. So uh, you're right. That, that was the response to what was a really challenging year. Uh, in terms of the donation uh, for the tornado, uh, we we approached uh, Amy, and again, just speaking of her leadership, uh, we we expressed the need and and offered that a, a, an early gift from the Titans Foundation might be inspirational to the community to inspire more gifts. And we were talking to her about a gift in the neighborhood of fifty thousand or a hundred thousand dollars, and she responded and said a million dollars, give a million dollars. Wow! So we we gave the million dollars, and and within a couple of days of that. Um, we, money's, money's great. There was a huge need for money, uh, and with, with the tornado, it was just devastating in terms of its impact on, on houses and businesses. Um, but, but, you know, we wanted to provide our, our employees an opportunity to actually get the fingernails dirty and to help out. And, but, you know, this, this tornado, again, I'm not sure what the national coverage was, but this was a tornado that was on the ground in a metropolitan area for about five months. It, it, it ripped through neighborhoods went through our downtown area and and was just i i, I the pictures video can't possibly do it justice and and a lot of the the neighborhoods that were hit were either neighbors of our practice facility uh, or our stadium and and so we had an all call uh we we got some buses and and partnered with academy and uh, a sponsor of ours and and some other businesses uh that that contributed um supplies to help with the relief effort and we we uh, we told our players and our coaches and our staff that that we'd be leaving 
uh, for anybody who's interested from these buses uh, at some point, two or three days after the tornado and just getting out into the neighborhoods and seeing how we could help. And uh, it was like a scene from uh, the end of Field of Dreams, just a line of cars showing up and, and players and coaches and staff. Uh, I, I, I don't know anybody who works here full time that wasn't on the, that bus. Um, we, we ended up with three or four buses that uh, were not just going and, and collecting supplies or a few drive or something. We were literally getting into homes and we were moving logs. Uh, there, there were things, you know, having a, t- a team full of offensive linemen, there were logs that I'm not sure could have been <laughs> moved by, nor, you know, normal sized humans. Right. And, uh, and, and the, we, we had chainsaws and um, my wife and I spent probably 30 minutes in someone's kitchen clearing out food from a refrigerator since electricity had uh, been, been cut off for that time and, and food was spoiling. And it was, it was just such a meaningful thing to be able to get out and serve our, our neighbors in that way. And then w- within about a week, Nashville was shut down uh, for the, the, the pandemic. And uh, we tried to do everything we could to support that as well, whether that was supporting the mayor's messaging. And you, you forget that early on people didn't know about wearing masks and social distancing and all of that. So Mike Rabel actually attended a couple of the mayor's press conferences to support that messaging. We used our digital channels and, and our social media team to, to support that messaging. And uh, we provided uh, help to provide some hotel rooms for, for uh, healthcare workers who didn't want to go home and bring the, the germs back to their family. Um, we, we just did everything that we could uh, throughout the, the 2020 year with, with the pandemic. And then, Yes, to your point. Uh, unbelievably, the, the the capstone of the year was a Christmas Day bombing, and uh, we wanted to do uh, what we could to use our platform to to keep the community going and, and uplifted despite that that uh, really unsettling event. Um, we we started a campaign six fifteen strong, uh, and the six was highlighted in a different color because there were six first responders who, as everyone was evacuating the scene with this, this, uh, this bus that was broadcasting that it was about to explode, six first responders in Nashville were, were staying on the scene and being sure that people were being evacuated. And uh, so we wanted to celebrate their heroism. And uh, we, we, our players jumped into supporting businesses and some of the people that were uh, displaced uh, from the residences. And, and we, we matched the donations that they made. Uh, our, our home playoff game, uh, we had to win the the last game of the year at, uh, at Houston in order to get that game. And uh, I can remember obviously being very, very happy and satisfied that we were going to get this home playoff game for our fans, but just as much, it provided an opportunity to uh, get a standing ovation for the six heroes uh, because in a COVID environment, uh, everyone, everyone knew about them here and was, was proud of them, but uh, they didn't have an opportunity to be properly celebrated in a live event. So uh, we were able to bring them out to the game and, and get them the, the standing ovation they deserve. Burke, just a few minutes left. Uh, I know that your players, like you just mentioned, have really gotten involved in the community. And another effort that has really risen to the forefront in the last year is the social justice efforts of not only the Titans, but teams throughout sports. I know recently your players raised over $130,000 for local organizations working in the social justice space. And I know the Titans are one of the leaders in the NFL at really get involved with this effort. Yes. Thank you for, for recognizing us in that way. I think it, it goes back to what I was just explaining. We feel like we've got a responsibility uh, to use our, our platform uh, to, um, to, to leverage uh, for good causes for 
to 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 amplify um, good good messages and and it, certainly social justice is is a is is an important one for us and our organization and uh, we have actually for a few years the brainchild of uh, Tina Tuggle who's our vice president of community impact uh, we've had a program called uh, We Stand For and We Stand For provides an opportunity for players coaches and staff to to uh, use our platform to amplify uh, causes and and efforts that are important to them. And uh, so we we leaned more heavily than ever into that in in 2020. Uh, we we created a we stand for resource guide that provided uh, materials for people to to read on anti-racism and 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 social justice causes. It highlighted it was a, it had a directory uh, of black-owned businesses in the Nashville community, really trying to to provide a a tangible, helpful resource for people who are interested. Uh, we we created a program. Uh, our players created the program. We just helped support it called Real Conversations with the Titan, uh, where again, kind of in this this COVID environment, uh, we we created Zoom meeting opportunities for them to to talk to local students and and share about their experiences growing up and talk about racism and police brutality and, and also be able to. Uh, share with them about their experience in a locker room environment and and the, the team environment and 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 encourage uh, the students to to adopt similar you know team uh, mentality uh, in 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 their schools. Uh, so we we leaned very heavily into that as we have for for the past several years. All right, as president and CEO of the Titans, I know that you probably spend a lot of time on budgets, and one of the things I think are audience would find interesting. I used to work for an NBA team, the Portland Trailblazers. So, you know, everyone does budgets differently. Um, You know, the division of league and local revenues is different. But if I asked you if there's a pie chart for the revenues for the Titans, can you break that down a little bit for us? For instance, I know, you know, you're getting money from the national TV deals and the media rights deals. I know you've got local revenues, but how does that work? Do you, can you like kind of give us a glimpse of the pie chart? Well, I'll maybe take a bit of a different angle with that, Brian. I think our our local business, um, we we you know frankly rely on the league uh, to be uh, negotiating the right deals on on national issues, whether that's media rights or NFL properties IP. Um, and, and in the interest of controlling what we can control, we focus uh, our efforts on driving local revenue. So from a pie chart perspective, you know, that's the pie for us. Uh, we, we focus on ticketing. We focus on, on, on partnerships and sponsorships and, and local opportunities. That's, that's our opportunity to, to, uh, to, to show ourselves as a successful business and to, um, to you know, continue to invest here locally so that we can continue to do good and, and, and serve our community. The, the national uh, the, the national revenue is something that the league has under control, and so we just we just control our uh, our pie. So, do they ever, when they're doing you know media rights deals or anything like that, sponsorship deals at the national level, do they ever touch base with the local teams, or is that just hey, we got that handled, and and here's your you know, cut of the pie. Oh, no, no, certainly they communicate with the, with the local teams. And of course there's committees that are made up of uh, representatives from local teams. All, all I mean by that is in terms of how we can move the needle uh, in terms of how, you know, our, our marketing team, our, our sponsorship team, our ticketing team can actually move the needle uh, and, and show ourselves as a healthy business. 
um, our focus is on the local work. All right. Before I let you go on your Twitter page, I see it says aspiring barbecue chef. You got to tell me more about that. What's your, what's your go-to barbecue dish? I'm kind of a pork butt guy. Uh, these days I, I can, I can make a brisket. Um, I just, I enjoy the, the pork more. It's, there's, there's a lot more versatility with the pork. You know, you can do barbecue pork nachos, uh, pork sandwiches. Uh, and, and I, I, I say I'm an aspiring barbecue chef because it's a, it's a work in, in process for sure. I, um, <laughs> I, I'm, I'm, I'm at a point in my life where, uh, I recognize that that uh, while professionally I'm always trying to grow and do new things in a in a personal sense I was kind of doing doing the same things I'd always done and uh, moving down to the south uh, there's a lot of people that that have have their own barbecues in their backyard and uh, I was I was always jealous of I go to their house and eat this delicious food and um, I I allowed myself to to learn something new and uh, so I my wife got me a big green egg. Uh, for my birthday a couple years ago, and uh, some epic fails uh, early on, uh, trying to, to make ribs and some other things. But uh, it's it started to be a, a hobby that I really enjoy, and uh, I hope ten years from now I look back and I can you know take that aspiring off and just be a full fledged barbecue chef. All right, tell your social media team that in the next year or so, I want to see a short series with you doing barbecue on the Titan social media platforms. That's my idea that I'm going to contribute to this conversation. How about that? (laughs) It's a deal. All right. Berg Nihil, the president and CEO of the NFL's Tennessee Titans. Again, follow him on Twitter at Berg Nihil. Berg, best of luck with the upcoming season and everything that lies ahead. And thanks for joining us. I appreciate the invitation, Brian. Take care. You're listening to Sports Business Radio. We'll be right back. Well, that's it for this edition of Sports Business Radio. Thanks for tuning in. Thanks to our show staff, Brian Griggs and Josh Blank. And thanks to our partner, Molka Sports, for powering Sports Business Radio. Learn more about them online at molkasports.com. That's M-A-L-K-A sports.com. For Brian Griggs, I'm Brian Berger. Have a great week, and we'll talk to you soon right here on Sports Business Radio. This and every SBR podcast is available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, and your favorite listening app. Follow Sports Business Radio on Facebook, Twitter at SB Radio, Instagram at Sports Business Radio, and online at sportsbusinessradio.com. Sports Business Radio is produced by Brian Griggs and Griggs Productions, griggsproductions.com.